Spoken Life. Spoken Life. And welcome back to Salford City Radio. This is me, Jenny Berry, and this slot is a word on the street. It's a street where we throw words at each other. That's what we do. We have a bit of wordplay going on. And you were just listening to Bad Guy by Billy Ellish. What a tune. Love that. There's a lot of bad boys around here this morning when I was coming into work. Loads of gangs walking down the street. But that is a tune. Back to the word occipital. If you're just tuning in, whether you're just driving or you're at home, we're talking about your favourite word, and mine's occipital. So there we go. Please tweet me your favourite words at Poetry. I want to hear why you like your words. No swearing can be aired on air, obviously. But if you want to email me something for fun, that's fine too. So our guest is in the studio, and I'm going to go straight to the question. What is your favourite word? Faffin. Faffin. Why faffin? I use it a lot with my partner. <laughs> Does he do a lot of faffing about? Yeah, he's always late or dropping off into one place or another. It's worse than a woman. <laughs> oh, well, I have to just say, we have the poet and novelist Amanda Steele with us. Welcome, Amanda. Thanks. I think we'll be doing a bit of faffing during this session. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming all the way down here. Now, we've met before, haven't we? Yeah. Because um, you kindly interviewed me on um, the podcast with your other half, Andy N. Yeah. And uh, we met in the Lowry, didn't we? Yeah. However, I want to know, you have got so many things going on, lady. What is, like, how do you do it? How do you even sleep? I don't much, and I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I think you do. <laughs> I think you're a bit of a hidden gem. So... Let's go straight into it. You are a poet and novelist. Yeah. When did you first start writing, Amanda? Tell me. The first memory of writing was when I was about four and I tried to rewrite fairy tales and I got, like, a big blank sheet of A4 paper, folded it in half, rewrote some fairy tales. I can't remember how they went and then I said this was my book and started showing everyone. Really? <laughs> how old were you there? About four. Oh, that's young, isn't it? I always loved, like, the stories. I think if you're going to be a writer, that's your first instant access to words and creativity, really, through books, isn't it? Yeah, I'm really disappointed I didn't keep it because I'd love to read it now and see what it looks like. Oh, has no-one got it in your family? No. Oh, man, I'd like to listen to that. <laughs> so, from, from there, when did you start, like, thinking, I actually want to do this as a job? I remember in my 20s, I started sending things out, but I only had a typewriter back then. <gasps> so a I, typewriter? Yeah. Oh, my mum used to have one, and when she was doing estimates, my dad, he was a builder, I'd hear it going in the back room. No way. I got a couple of things accepted, but I'm really bad with mistakes, so I need to go back and correct it, and obviously you can't do that on a typewriter. No. You need to use Tipex. Yeah, if I did you, that sometimes. If you're faffing. It, it didn't go down very well sometimes. Oh, <laughs> no way. I keep taking me back there, typewriters. So, you, obviously, you're a poet and you're a novelist. Yeah. So, for the listeners out there, when did you write your first novel and how did you know, how do you know what a novel is for those novices? I've, I've tried to write a novel quite a lot of times. I think, like, many people do, and you have, like, all these unfinished novels lying around. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was doing a degree and part of that was a creative writing course and at the end of each module you had to do a project that was either complete or part of a novel... So for the second year, I did part of a novel and then I went on and finished it afterwards because I think the feedback helped, where I didn't get feedback before for the other stuff I'd done. So you actually went back and finished it? Yeah. God, that's quite rare sometimes for, right, you know, creatives. Usually yeah. really jumpy and just going on to the next, but I suppose that's a lesson, go back and finish something, because you're obviously yeah. doing really well. 
I've also got my very first novel in a folder as well, which I plan to go back to someday and do something with. We're going to hear some of your showcase work today, aren't we? Yeah. Brilliant. Right, what we're going to do is we're going to jump straight to a track. No faffing, remember? <laughs> Spoken, mate. We've got love and bills to pay. God, I think we've all got a few bills to pay, haven't we? If only love did pay the bills, we wouldn't be in any debt, would we? If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Word on the Street with me, Jenny Berrett. This is Salford City Radio, your local station, 94.4 FM. And we have the amazing Amanda Steele sat here today. Welcome back, Amanda. Hi. So we've just been talking during that song, haven't we, about um, critical feedback to writing and how, as, as new writers, it can be quite hard to take someone telling you about your own writing. Yeah, it was. Uh, I had a few tutors tell me, and at first I thought that they just didn't like me. Oh, bless you. <laughs> How old was you, if you don't remember when that uh, was? I was in my early 30s. Yeah. But it was the first time I'd ever really had any feedback, because normally you send stuff out and you get a sorry, it's not for us, and it's not really any feedback. Yeah, it is helpful feedback, though, isn't it? Yeah. So for any, any listeners out there who are, are, like, got something that they've written and they want to send it off, but they're a bit nervous of the feedback, can you give any kind of advice to them if they get negative feedback like how to get over it yeah, well, I think it's not nice to hear anything less than that's fantastic but if there's something that needs changing and you listen to it it can improve it and then it might get accepted then yeah definitely I've sent loads of stuff off and I've had the rejection letter got a big pile um, but when, when I have had feedback off other writers you sit kind of sat there thinking oh great he hates me oh brilliant but then when you take it home and reflect on it yourself it is very very helpful isn't it yeah amanda you talented talented girl poet and novelist i want to ask you have you got a favorite genre or does it not really work like that um there's things i like about all of the stuff that i've written but i seem to sort of enjoy writing horror more Horror. All the blood and gore and stuff like that and freaking people out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Killing Eve is in the studio today, guys. I'm getting a bit scared. No, I have heard you on other radio stations because you're quite popular, really, at the moment. You're on everywhere with Switch. And I've heard a little bit of your horror. Um, what will you be sharing with us today? I'm going to read a little bit of my book that's coming out in March that's about a ghost trying to solve her own murder. So, I have had a sneaky preview of this when I've heard, and it's amazing. But how the hell... Did that come into your mind? How did you even think about that? That was another novel that I started and never finished and I went back to it and just finished it off. Right. So you went back to it. So how long do you leave these things that you go back to? I've never met another writer that does <laughs> that, you know. I don't know. I think with this one, there's a character's 35 or 36 and I think I set them older than I was at the time, so I'm guessing I must have been in my early 30s when I did it. Right. So maybe seven or eight years ago. Do you reckon that you had to experience things in your life to get to a point where, oh, I'm ready now to finish that piece? Yeah. And I just spent a lot of time just thinking about, like, what would I be like if I was a ghost and then I, if I had to solve my own murder? Oh, my God, I'd love to just, like, <laughs> get into your brain and, like, do a tap dance on all your thoughts because I love the way you think. Yeah, it might be scary, you know. No, you're too lovely. Um, I tell you what, I'm going to nip to a tune then. I want to hear a bit more about that. Spoken, mate. It is over. And that was Katy Perry, Never Really Over. I do love a bit of Katy Perry. I like her hairstyles. They're different every hour, aren't they? If you're just tuning in, you're tuning back into the street. That's Word on the Street with me, Jenny Berry, and today's guest, Amanda Steele. We've just been talking a little bit about her novel that is due out. When is it due out again, Amanda? 2nd of March. 2nd of March. 
And where can people get that? When um, you can buy it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Apple, basically anywhere. Or you can pre-order it if they don't have it. Brilliant. And for people that are just listening now, give us a brief of what it's about, because we're going to have a performance from it now, and I'm so excited. It's about a character called Sarah, but she's a ghost, and she's trying to find out who's murdered her. I mean, come on. You, you just can't make that up, can you, really? Well, Although did. you have. <laughs> there was no faff in there, was there? Take it away, Mandra. OK, so this is from the prologue. He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different route. This was a usual route. He knew that. He knew her. Obscured by the two looming buildings he stood between, he pleaded with whatever higher power there was for tonight to be no different. Maybe she would get a call from a friend and decide to go in a different direction. A shift finished five minutes earlier. The lurker mentally traced her steps to this point. Two minutes at her pace, unless she worked overtime or someone gave her a lift. They rarely did, though. He took a deep breath. Don't mess this up, he thought, unsure whether the words were to himself or to her. By changing her plans and deciding not to walk in his direction, despite spending the last two weeks passing the spot he now waited at, it would be just like her to mess up his planning, just like all of them. Then came the clicking of her heels and the smell of perfume confirming it was her. The scent of apple, which prompted him to lick his lips. Or perhaps it was the anticipation of what he was about to do. None of the food she ever gave him made him feel this way. Patience, he told himself, as his feet seemed to develop a mind of their own, tugging at his legs in an attempt to cut her off. One second, his legs readied themselves. Now, he sprang out of his hiding place, darting after her until she turned around. He toyed with her for a while, allowing her to think she might have a chance of escape. The real fear showed in her eyes when he grabbed her arms, pinning them to her sides. He smiled when he saw her long red hair. It almost looked like a flame underneath the street lamp. He was about to extinguish that fire. She recognised the familiar face. Her body went rigid as he reached into his jacket and pulled out the knife, reminding him of the time he had to pretend to be a plank in the school play. She would have made a good plank, but that wouldn't be a role tonight. He had gone over the plan in his mind. The victim struggled, unsuccessfully of course, but it was fun. His mind was already skipping to the outcome. What are you? She began, bringing him back to reality, which wasn't playing out like he imagined it would. Something needed to be done to get things back on track. This was a moment to save her, not rush. He kept his hands on her arms and tilted his head to kiss her lips. Her breath was minty. The sauce of mint flavour, her chewing gum, was still in her mouth. He rolled it onto his tongue, then removed his hand from her right arm so he could take the gum and pocket it. He wanted a souvenir. That would be better than nothing. She screamed, forcing him to clamp her mouth shut with his hand. Even the pain of teeth mauling at his hand wasn't enough to deter him. The struggle had begun. And that was Pink with Pretend. I don't think Pink pretends anything. She's a proper real girl, isn't she? She's awesome, very authentic. I love the way she just says it, how it is, and I also love her lyrics. If you're just tuning in, why are you only just tuning in? Go online and listen back from the beginning. <laughs> you listen to Word on the Street on 94.4 FM, Salford City Radio. And my guest today, Amanda Steele, just gave us a brilliant showcase of her novel that is due to be out. Yeah, 2nd of March. 2nd of March. That was fantastic, Amanda. I mean, I'm slightly worried at your disturbed brain. 
but very impressive how intelligent you are also. Is that okay? Yeah, I like to think it's good therapy and I get all the bad stuff out into the book and then I can be fairly normal the rest of the time. And then we might need therapy after reading it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, I mean, what made you think of that in, in, in the first instance? I just have really random ideas and spend lots of time thinking about what it'd be like being a ghost, like you do. Yeah, of course, yeah. all the time. <laughs> when I'm sat on the big two going into town, you always wonder what it'd be like to be a ghost. I mean, I asked you during that, didn't I, how long it, it actually took you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the process of writing. Well, I had the first few chapters that I'd abandoned and then I went back to it. I entered some as part of my essays for my master's course that I was doing. Yeah, so yeah. I got a bit of feedback on that and then I stopped doing that and started using something else for the rest of my essays and just continued writing it and then I edited it afterwards so it took about a year in total. A year. So for people listening, don't be afraid of the editing process and the time it takes, would you say? Yeah. So this isn't your first n novel, is it? No, my first novel was a self-published novel and it's now available under the name Lost and Found un under Alicia Black, so it's my pen name. Your pseudonym? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, what made you change or um, not use that anymore? There were quite a few issues when it, it got picked up by a publisher and there were lots of problems with that and I had to self-publish it and there was a time before they took it down and I wanted to put it up and I didn't want the two to get confused so I put it under a different name and just put a disclaimer at the front. Ah, right, okay. Ah, interesting. So, I mean, you're doing really well, aren't you? You are. I'll say it because I know you won't. You're doing fantastic and I'm going to buy that because I want to read the whole thing. I mean, it's when you said the victim was struggling but he wasn't successful. Oh, so that line, yeah. sorry, that's not quoting no, correctly. It's but, a bit creepier than that. <laughs> yeah, very much creepier. And, you know, if you've met Amanda, she's so lovely and sweet, and then she speaks, I'm like, whoa, what's going on in your mind? <laughs> and I asked you, so I've mentioned Andy N a few times, that's your partner, isn't it? Yeah. Now, because we've met all three of us, but you both interviewed me on, on the podcast. Yeah. So you're known as the Richard and Judy of poetry. Tell me more. Yeah, someone we both know called us that on their radio interview. I think it's because we all we have our own projects, but we've somehow sort of leaked over and started like getting involved in each other's projects. Well, I heard you both actually on a, on a different show on a different station, and you'd done um, an email poem, is yeah, that right? Yeah. To and fro, and it was brilliant. So was that just randomly at work? I started it off with a seven-word poem just to see, like, the shortest poem I could come up with that made any kind of sense. Yeah. And then Andy, trying to be funny, continued it, and then he says, you write the next bit, and I like a challenge. So I said, challenge accepted, and it just kept going backwards and forwards from there. Brilliant. Can, can I ask you something before our next track? During that process, did Andy faff? A little bit of faffing. Oh, well, what can we say? <laughs> Spoken Spoken You're listening to Word on the Street at Salford City Radio with me, Jenny Berry. And on the street today, we have Amanda Steele. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm okay, thanks. This show's going dead fast. Yeah. It's because you're so interesting. <laughs> I want to know who your favourite writers are. I do like Stephen King. I think he's a genius when it comes to horror. Yeah. So y you obviously love horror. Yeah. You're a bit of a horror writer <laughs> okay Stephen King yeah I get that I completely do when did you first 
come across Stephen King? How old are you? Oh, I think I've always heard of him, obviously, yeah, but yeah. it's only in the last few years I've started reading stuff. And I picked up a book in the charity shop last year called Cell. I think it's not one of his best known ones, and so I quite enjoyed that. Cell is in like a like pres- a cell phone, right? Okay. Yeah. It's a bit of a joke there. It's obviously not sold. It's in a charity shop. Boom, boom. (laughs) And you enjoyed it? Yeah. Fab. And so is he the main? Yeah, I think so. I I know he's got a bad reputation because he's not very good at writing women because I'm on a Twitter group called Men Writing Women and Uh he gets a lot of stick on there for the stuff that he's written about women. Oh, getting the the kind of characteristics wrong and things. Yeah. Ah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I've not really noticed it in any of the books I've read, but no. everyone keeps putting it out. Sometimes I think that you can't win. You know, if you're really established and known or famous, I was talking about this the other day, I think that someone's always going to say something, yeah. aren't they? I don't think he'd be too bothered anyway. Oh, no, I He's don't. doing OK. He's doing, not doing bad, <laughs> is he, really? Well, what can I say? Right, I want to ask you something, because I like to have a laugh on Amy. OK. I want to know a funny fact about yourself. Um, well, I hit my head a lot when I was a child, which might explain the horror writing now. <laughs> <laughs> you hit your head? Right, okay. Was that on purpose? No, was there it... was a time when I fell down from, I think, the third step at the bottom and hit my head on the hoover. Okay. There's another time where I fell off the wall and hit my head on the pavement, and then I just I ran into a wall once. I meant to turn, and my legs didn't turn, and I just ran straight to the right, wall. Can we like, <laughs> clarify how old you were? Was oh, it like between, between the ages of about six and ten, I think oh. it all happened. <laughs> so that does explain a lot, yeah, to why you, your mind works in the way it works. Yeah, obviously knock something in there. Oh, brilliant. No, I, I love to have a little laugh with the guests. And, um, so you basically, like, headbutted everything. That's fine. I've got a toddler that's doing that at the minute. So maybe you'll be a horror writer. Yeah. Right. I wanna, I've want i got a few more things to ask you about your brilliant work. And um, we'll do it after this. OK. Spockley. Spockley. And that was a little bit of Wish You Well. Welcome back to Word on the Street at 94.4 FM Salford City Radio with myself, Jenny Berry and guest Amanda Steele. Now, if you're just tuning in, we're actually coming to the end of a really good show and I want it to go on longer. Maybe you'll have to come back in, Amanda. What do you think about that? Possibly. (laughs) Brilliant. I'll definitely book you back in. So, um, recently, because I've been behind with my work, at Christmas when we met just before Christmas, didn't we, in the Lowry? Yeah. um, What's your podcast called again? Label spoken, spoken label spoken it's mainly Andy's podcast Andy's, more than mine. Right, yeah, but you're you're on it quite a lot, aren't you? And the day yeah. Andy interviewed me, you were on it too. Yeah, I get mixed up because you're the Richard and Judy poetry. <laughs> um, well, you, you emailed me twelve deaths of Father Christmas, and it was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. So, can you just t- quickly tell? the listeners a little bit about that and how did you get that idea because the tales inside that the short stories were well tell us about it because i couldn't stop laughing all the way through yeah it started off as a short story and then for various reasons i didn't have time to continue it and i went back to it and switched it to poetry and then back to flash fiction because i felt that suited it better and i decided i was going to go with this instead of the 12 days of Christmas. I was going to go with the 12 deaths of Father Christmas. <laughs> so I needed 12 stories and I had about six at that point. So I had to come up with more ideas and I knew Brexit was going to be in there but yeah. until I had a better idea of what was happening I kind of left that till the end. 
it was a working class Father Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was just as a part, I can't remember exactly which one, but you said, well, you know, there's no money to pay the bills. Rudolph's nose is going even redder in the cold. And it was just brilliant. Like, you're hooked because they are only short and they keep you interested, but they're just so unbelievably not what you was expecting. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so if you want an early Christmas present, get The Twelve Deaths of Father Christmas by Amanda Steele because it is brilliant. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've gone through quite a lot today, haven't we? Can you remind us when your newest novel that we've had a an extract from today is out for yeah. the listeners? If Go- just Ghost of Me is out on the 2nd of March. It's available on Amazon. I think you can get it Barnes & Noble, Apple, Nook, Kobo, um, anywhere, really. <laughs> Brilliant. How much will that be, or do we not? I think the book's... Eight nine eight nine nine or seven ninety nine, I think. Not bad, and the uh, Kindle's less than three quid. That's really good. I'll definitely be ordering one. And I will, as always, put all Amanda's details on um, at the end of this show on my Twitter. That's at Jberry Poetry. Amanda, how can people get hold of you if they want to speak to you? I've got a website which is amandasteelwriter.com and I've just got everything listed on there and there's even a little section that's got like all my social media listed on it. Oh, brilliant. Right, I'll also put a link to that then. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I don't think we did much faffing, but Andy N is here and we, we can hear him outside in the reception doing a little bit of faffing. Yeah, and we? making friends. And making lots of friends. <laughs> well, you know, why not? It's a friendly station. Um, is there anything else you would like to get out there to our listeners? You've been such a lovely guest with your pink jumper with a white hat on. I love it. <laughs> Nothing we've covered for quite a lot. Pretty much covered. Yeah. Well, you do do a lot of open mics, though, don't you, as well? Yeah. Um, before the end, just tell us a little bit about your, your spoken word open mics. Well, I help out at Speakeasy. I take the photos there, and Andy covers that with Steve Smythe. And where's that? That's in Stratford. Right, OK. And can anyone just go there? You have to book before, cos we get quite booked up, and then we often have a reserve list, but we welcome anybody. So if you're a completely new writer and you think, you know what, I'm just going to go on a mic and have a go, and the booking, are they OK to come? Yeah, it's where I started off reading. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God, go to Speakeasy. You'll be writing about the death of Father Christmas next. (laughs) (laughs) You're such an inspiration, Amanda, and I've absolutely loved having you in. Please, will you come back? Yeah. We are going to do a show with you and Andy, aren't we, later on in the year? And I am going to have him in on his his own as well. But I want to know how you booked us and all about your next project. So, yeah, I'll definitely be dragging you back in the studio if that's okay. Right, then been another great week on the street and tune in next monday at two o'clock and i will see you there spoken late spoken late